This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. construction crew came and put a gigantic orange roadwork sign in my yard. It's tall and it's ugly. You are very ugly. The orange on the sign reflects on the inside of my living room. Can't you shut the shades? They are shut. The work's been done for a month and the sign still sits there. I'm going to call the police department to ask them about the giant sign in my yard. Aren't they going to laugh at me? Why can't I take it out? It's driving me crazy. crazy. So here's what I'm asking. Will I go to jail if I take it out myself? My property manager was tired of hearing me ask about it, and she started reaching out to the public works department. The public works department said, we want our citizens to be happy, so we'll come remove the sign for you. The sign is gone. Thank you, Public Works Department in my town. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That was a true story. It actually did happen, and it was... A source of great consternation for me for a long time. My living room was orange. The inside of my living room was orange. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get back to your calls, 855-212-4227. Some of you are finding me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, and I like it. When you disagree with me, that is... Fantastic. Uh, As long as we're talking about sports, I have zero problems with people. You don't even have to apologize. So many people apologize for disagreeing with me. You don't have to do that. Just share your opinions. Because if we all shared the same opinions and thought with the same brain, life would be extremely boring. So, yes, find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And our phone number, toll-free, 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4CBS, though you're going to have to wait. It is the one race every year that I love to break down extensively, and I was watching Daytona 500 with many of you on Sunday, though I wasn't here on Sunday night. I really enjoyed 
watching. I really enjoyed the drama of it all. But, man, it was wild. You had more than 50 lead changes in the race, which was top three all time. And then we get to the end. There's not one big one, but two, but three, but four big ones. And so it also became the longest Daytona 500 in history. I know. It's a bit of a riddle. It was won by Ricky Stenhouse, who actually had no gasoline left, no fuel left, so he couldn't do victory burnouts uh, on the field. So they generally have the privilege of doing donuts and tearing up the infield, but Ricky wasn't able to do that after winning this Daytona 500 that changes everything. This is unbelievable. This is the site of my last win uh, back in 2017. We've worked really hard. We had a couple shots last year to get a win and, and fell short. It was a tough season, but, man, we got it done. Daytona 500. Woo! That What follows that is woo! And the co-owner of his team is Brad Doherty. For those of you who are familiar with Brad from his days as an NBA All-Star Center, uh, it's a huge opportunity for owners as well. It helps you to get sponsorships and uh, you can get more funding that way, but also it's significant because he is the first African-American owner uh, to be part of a Daytona 500 victory. What a big day for my bunch, you know, winning the Daytona 500. We're so excited. My head doesn't hurt too bad, uh, but it's a little tender, a little tender. And uh, just what a great day, a uh, great opportunity to, to show up and we got a, you know, we've got a really good speedway race, super speedway racer and Ricky Stenhouse driving our race car and man to win the Daytona 500 is a dream come true. Uh, been doing this, been around this sport for almost 40 years and go back to 1988, 1989, uh, when a, one of the first guys and as a rookie, as a rookie owner to win an Xfinity series race, race through the truck series for a number of years, had a lot of fun and in 09 go cup series racing. And man, we've come close so many times. Uh, to winning at Daytona and Talladega, finally in 2014, get a win at a road course with AJ. But to win the biggest race of them all, the Daytona 500, I'm over the moon, man. This is as good as it gets, and uh, I'm elated. And uh, what a great, great day for a small little race team over in Harrisburg, North Carolina, to be standing here Daytona 500 champion. Brad Doherty, even during his days in the NBA, has always been a race fan. And similar to, a, say, a Joe Gibbs, who was doing both, right, was part of the Washington Redskins, the coach for years, but also has been a team owner in NASCAR. Brad Doherty has always had a love for racing, the other stages, the other levels, and now in NASCAR finally has a Daytona 500 checkered flag, and that uh, courtesy of NBC Sports. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio, and we head to Chicago now to welcome our friend who never sleeps and never stops working, at least uh, this time of the year as the NASCAR Cup season is getting underway. Bob Pockrass is a longtime insider for Fox Sports, and we saw 50-plus lead changes in the 500 on Sunday, and then it really bogged down at the end where you weren't sure exactly what was going to happen, Bob. So how would you describe what we saw to start the season? Much like it always is at Daytona, the racing was unpredictable unless you consider knowing that somebody is going to spin predictable. But in Daytona and especially on Sunday, it was hard to know who. Uh, you know, cars seem to be handling well, and then you get one tap at the wrong time, the wrong push, and around you went. And often when you went around, that meant that other cars were going to be collected in the mess. 
Well, then you say unpredictable, and certainly the outcome of the race itself is one that we don't see as much in NASCAR anymore. The fact that it was a small family-owned team that ends up grabbing the checkered flag. Brad Doherty is the co-owner, so former NBA All-Star. And Ricky Stenhouse getting his first win in years. What does this mean for Ricky, first of all, Bob? For Ricky Stenhouse Jr., a Daytona 500 win can mean, you know, add add years to his career, but maybe even more importantly than that, really, your your place in NASCAR history. He will always be introduced as a Daytona 500 winner, (laughs) and nothing against uh, Fontana, where NASCAR will head this weekend, but you win that race, it's not like you're introduced (laughs) years later as, oh, he won at, at Fontana in such and such a year, but you win the Daytona 500, it's a signature event. It's a signature win. It's a career win in a lot of ways. And it will uh, follow you for years and years to come because that is the way people are going to know you. What do you think it means for him in terms of being part of that fraternity that is? I know you said that he has haters. I won't use that word, but you can use that <laughs> word. <laughs> Ricky Stenhouse Jr. followed you know, a, a path to NASCAR where he was a sprint car driver and he wasn't just a sprint car driver. He drove for Tony Stewart. So he had a lot of fans when he got here because, you know, if Tony Stewart believed in how good you are and the talent that you have, then you probably have a lot of talent and you probably have a lot of potential to race stock cars. And while he did win two, uh, two championships in what's now the Xfinity series, he's just never, uh, never shown it in Cup. Uh, his only wins came during twenty during the 2017 season, and yet he's still been around for 10 years. So what people already knew about Stenhouse is that teams have always felt that he has potential. They felt that he has talent, but it just hasn't. You know, things just either haven't clicked or he just hasn't been hasn't shown it. Uh, he obviously has a lot of people who you know believe he caused too many wrecks. Mm. But you know, Brad Doherty and the co-owners, the guest shifters of that team, you know, believed in Ricky. They believed in his talent. And he, now he has the crew chief back to the one that he had when he won those Xfinity championships, Mike Kelly, and they're clicking again, or at least they did for Daytona this year. We're spending a few minutes with Bob Pockrass, who is the NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports, fresh off Daytona, now in Chicago. We'll ask him about that coming up. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. How challenging is it, Bob, for a single-car team like this one to win a race at all, much less the Daytona 500? Well, I'll put it this way. Since 2009, this organization has run in the NASCAR Cup Series and they have one win, just one, 2014 wow. at Watkins Glen with, uh, with A.J. Allmendinger. So, uh, you know, this is a team that has, you know, decent funding for one car, but it's still you don't have, you know, every week you go to the track, the big teams, the three-car teams, the four-car teams can have, have, you know, can try different things because, you know, hey, let's do this in this car and this in that car and, and let's see what happens. Well, when you're a single car team, you can't do any of that. Uh, they haven't always had the, the most manufacturer support. They haven't had the most time in the simulator to get ready for an event. So they, right now they have a little bit of a Hendrick alliance. 
and Chevrolet is giving more t- giving them more time in the simulator. That started last year, and they think they're starting to see, you know, see kind of the uh, the results of, of of that extra time. So it, it's just you know that it, it, it's very difficult for a single car team to make it and to continue to do it and to run up front consistently. And that that's the kind of the challenge for this team going forward to try to do this more often on a more consistent basis. We know that Michael Jordan is now part of NASCAR and is a team owner. Bubba Wallace is breaking ground and is trying to increase the diversity. What does it mean for the sport to have its first ever victory for an African-American owner? Yeah, the first Daytona 500 victory for African-American owner Brad Doherty, uh, it's very significant. NASCAR needs a diverse fan base, and the only way to get that is to have its driver core, to have its ownership core, to have its crew chief core, also to be diverse. And you know, Brad Doherty, you know, he wore 43 as a player in the NBA and college for a reason, and that's because of Richard Petty. You know, this is a guy who's <laughs> loved racing all his life and for him to uh, to you know to be part of this uh ownership group and to win the daytona 500 is huge and i you know i think you know the nascar fan base has known brad doherty for for years and years you know he, he does work on the nbc side of the uh schedule he, he's he worked for espn before that so people have have seen him around for decades and they know that his love and his passion for the sport is incredibly genuine. Awesome. Good to hear. Bob Pockrass is with us on After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. And as I mentioned, he's in Chicago. Why the trip from Daytona so quickly to the Windy City, Bob? Well, because NASCAR is going to try something they haven't done in their 75-year history when later this year they come to Chicago to run on the streets of Chicago on a temporary street course. So they're going to shut down the streets for a couple of weeks, put up a temporary course, and uh, try, try to race. This is something they've, they've never tried to do. It's done in other cities with, uh, with other types of cars, but it's never been done in NASCAR. And so Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will be up here taking a look at some things and uh, trying to do some appearances and create some buzz. You know, this is this is NASCAR's attempt to bring the race to people who maybe you know wouldn't drive two hours to to a race, and you know, they're pairing it with a, a kind of in a weekend festival atmosphere with a Chainsmokers concert and a Miranda Lambert concert. And NASCAR's <laughs> looking to see, you know, hey, I mean, it, it's you know, it's come to the festival and. You know, and and enjoy a race, and that's the way NASCAR kind of hopes to expand the sport. Not just you know looking for some of their fans to come for a unique event, but you know they're trying to create new fans. And when you talk about diversity and and Brad Doherty, you know, being a winning owner, you know, this is where that can be a really big deal, right? You know, you you have Brad Doherty come out at some point or during the weekend, and people recognize Brad Doherty and they say, oh, you know, he, he's involved in this. Why is he interested in this? He feels comfortable being at the racetrack. You know, maybe I can be comfortable too. Mm. Do you think we'll see more of the road races and the atypical courses? It seems like NASCAR is, is trying to find some of the tracks that they don't quite fit the mold. <laughs> well, I think NASCAR is going to, you know, look, they're, they're trying to, 
do different things. Obviously, this year was the second year they put a temporary track in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum for right. their annual preseason race called the Clash. They're going to continue to look at places and, and try to do things that they think uh, create excitement and buzz and brings their product uh, product to to a fan base and encourages people to, to be interested in a sport who maybe wouldn't be otherwise. And, that, and they're going to continue to try to, to have different unique events and, you know, is there a guarantee every one of them will work? No, but that doesn't mean they're going to try. They went decades going to all the same racetracks right. at the same time, year after year after year, and they realize they've got to do, they've got to change up the schedule to kind of keep this work fresh. One draw this season may be the limited return of Jimmy Johnson after a couple of years of, I don't know if that was retirement or just taking a break, but what's it like to have him back? <laughs> it's great to have Jimmy Johnson back you know, because people, you know, because he has you know tons and tons of fans and <laughs> that he's not just back as a driver, but he's back as a, a co-owner of a race team. And, so he's kind of back in this different role where not only is he driving, but he's also driving, you know, knowing that, uh, that if he wrecks, he's going to have to pay <laughs> for the car. You know, you want your stars of the sport to remain involved if they can and if they want to. And, and Jimmy Johnson obviously can and obviously wants to. And so it's just, it's great to have him there, uh, you know, and, and, and especially, you know, saying, okay, he he's he's running this well for his own team. How is he going to better? And maybe more importantly, how is he going to get that organization better? Mm. Similar to what his mentor did, Jeff Gordon, right? So Jeff was still driving, but he was a co-owner of Jimmy's team toward the end of his career. Absolutely. You know, it's Jeff Gordon who is the one who said, you know, they, he thinks that Jimmy Johnson can win races, even though he didn't have a proven track record of winning races in stock cars. And, you know, and so now can Jimmy Johnson do the same? And it's not, it's not only just trying to choose a driver, but it's also trying to tr- choose crew members. You look at Tony Stewart, co-owner of Stewart Haas Racing. There was a time where it was just Haas Racing and they weren't very good. And they give half the team to Tony Stewart and he brings in people and people want to work for him. And now that team has championships and, and and wins races and is considered one of the elite teams. Question is, can Jimmy do that over the rebranded uh, Petty GMS into what they're now calling Legacy Motor Club? Bob Pockrass is with us from Chicago for Fox Sports, fresh off the Daytona 500 and following champion Ricky Stenhouse around after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. What are a couple of top storylines for the season ahead in addition to Chicago? When you talk about the new next-gen car, I think the the main storyline is will there be as much parity this year as there was last year? You you talk about 19 winners last year and uh, in, in 36 races and you have a guy who won a race who you won who had run one since 2017 so what does that tell you how many <laughs> winners that there could be this year and then the other one is is that they did make some changes to the car for rear impacts where the driver hopefully isn't absorbing as much of the energy in the crash which you know you saw last year they certainly were. You had two drivers who missed races because of the concussions. Kurt Busch still is not able to race. 
He hopes to be able to race some events on a part-time schedule uh, once he gets cleared, but he's not cleared yet. And so, you know, time will tell whether these changes uh, that NASCAR made will uh, will prove to keep their drivers safe. Uh, right. The drivers drivers feel like they, you know, they feel good about the changes. They feel that from what they've seen from the crash tests that NASCAR has done, that they will help. But obviously, you won't know till it happens. But he wants to return, though. He's still intent on returning to driving. I think Kurt Busch would like to still race again. Uh, you know, he, he'd love to be able to kind of go out a little bit more on his own terms. Uh, but, you know, he just he can't do it he, until he's cleared. And he says that he is, you know, everyday life is fine. It's just when he gets his heart rate up to a point like where he would be in a race car that he still has some issues. Mm. All right, we're off and running after Daytona and Bob Pockrass now in Chicago because that's where the champ is. So we get set for history there later in the season. You can find him on Twitter at P-O-C-K-R-A-S-S, covers NASCAR for Fox Sports. It's always good to catch up with you, Bob. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Yeah, thank you, Amy. Always enjoy talking to Bob with the perspective, not only on the history of NASCAR, Uh, but also the major issues and making it appealing to fans who maybe don't watch it day in and day out. He's great at that, and we love having him. So, yeah, now that they've transitioned to the next-gen car, uh, trying to make it safer, of course, which is always a challenge when you're talking about cars traveling at excesses of 175 and 180 miles per hour. And even at Daytona, with the restrictor plates, uh, they still can get up upwards of 200 miles per hour. And the tight, tight racing on the restarts late and everything that's on the line, you know there are going to be wrecks because of the very tight spaces, the bump drafting, which is when they're actually making contact with cars in front and behind. One little mistake or one little tap of the brakes or even taking your foot off the gas and it can cause a chain reaction. So of course they need the cars and the drivers to be as safe as possible. Uh, So good stuff with Bob. All right. You can find me on Twitter, a law radio also on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. If you have any bright ideas about how to tweak the NBA all-star game, the way that many other all-star festivities are being tweaked and are going through a transformation to make them more appealing to Mass fans across the board, right? So we heard from Kareem in Atlanta earlier, last segment or last hour, I guess. uh, And he was saying that he really enjoyed it. But the numbers, the ratings are showing that fewer and fewer people are watching All-Star festivities now. Is there a way that the NBA can make it more appealing to keep fans engaged through the course of the weekend? 855-212-4227. Also this hour, a little baseball because we're starting to see all the stars show up at spring training and get prepared for the 2023 season. And I promise you, top of next hour, my story, my amazing Monday story. I can't wait to share it with you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here on After Hours, we like you as much as you like us. Let's get started. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, Amy, your show should be called Follow the Law because everything you have said tonight couldn't have said it better. Hi, Amy, how are you? Big fan. Good morning, Amy. My favorite talk show host, overwhelmingly. Good morning, Amy. Love your show. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Law, what is up? Um, nothing. I love your show. Thank you. By the way, you're welcome. Amy, thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate the work you do. Hello, Amy. I just love your show. I've been listening for about three months. My first time calling in. Awesome. I love your enthusiasm <laughs> and your whole staff. Y'all keep me laughing and smiling. I don't get sleepy. That is the point. <laughs> this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hope you enjoyed your holiday weekend. If you had a holiday weekend, I didn't really have a holiday weekend, but I was not here on Sunday night. Had quite the Monday. It was the opposite of a manic Monday, which generally my my Mondays are fairly manic and moody and sometimes just moving is a big deal on a Monday. I make myself work out on Mondays generally because it gets the blood pumping uh, and helps me shake out the cobwebs. Uh, But this was a completely different Monday. And I don't suppose it gives anything away to tell you that I went to bed at 10 o'clock on Sunday night. (laughs) It was the best thing ever. The bets were already snoring. It was the best thing ever. I do love my job. I love what I do. I haven't wanted to change time slots for 10 years, but man, going to bed at 10 o'clock on a sunny night was delicious. All right. Promised that we would uh, work another call here. Michael is listening in Las Vegas. Michael, welcome to After Hours. Hi, Ayla. Hello. Hi, I just, if I could, I want to talk about the NBA and the MLB All-Star Game. We got the MLB is going to be next. I want to start with that. You know, the the worst three days of my summer are those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's so boring. And well, Hold on, hold on. It's the summertime. There's a bazillion things that you can do outside, inside, Amy, take a vacation, no, whatever. Your entire three you days are ruined because there's no sports? Absolutely. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> You might need to get a hobby, Michael. Amy, is it is it seriously? I'm I'm watching. Okay, you're not going to understand it because I I know you don't gamble, right? It depends on what we're talking about. I play fantasy football. Okay, so that's not gambling in my opinion. Okay, but anyways, I don't want to get in that argument tonight. 
those are the worst three days of my summer. Okay, okay. just if you could just take that. I'll just take it's that like for yes. Not, it's for like me. you not being able to go hiking. Okay, in yeah. my opinion. Listen, okay. those are the worst three days. My point is, they they finally made something good and made the, the MLB All Star Game worth something, and the 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 winning team got the the home four games in the in the in the World Series. I thought that was amazing. It made it interesting. It made it worth watching, and then they took it away. Like it's like you you guys, I'm saying all the TV and radio hosts, they all they all complain when they made it worth something and now they're complaining when it's not worth something i think that's called a hypocrite i mean it was so great when they made it worth and i'm Wait, what was the difference just out of curiosity because for major league baseball hold on for major league baseball they still have to play the actual game what was the difference if there was something riding on it or not because the games were still played the same way it makes it interesting i I don't. I don't want to watch something. It's not. It's. It's like. It's like having a preseason football game You're in right. the middle of the season. Yeah. No. It's an exhibition for sure. Well, I don't like it. You're not. You're not seeing it. Where I'm one of the 50 million people who gamble in America, mm-hmm. and to have those three days off, it's like it's really is awful. And to be able to gamble on that game, it makes it fun. Like those three days are. Are really hard. I, so I'm then you. So the just NBA sorry, Michael. Since I'm not familiar. Hey, winners. Carlos. Carlos, can you please pay attention? Thank you. Uh, Tim, just wait. You hung up on him. I just wanted you to pot him down. Okay. So Carlos and I had a little miscommunication there. Maybe because you weren't looking at me. What are you doing in My there, Michael? <laughs> what are you doing in there? I was trying to multitask, be a good producer, podcast at the same time. I shouldn't be. Oh no, you should not be podcasting during the show. That would be a no-no. So anyway, I believe what Michael is trying to say is that that game is now boring because there's something riding on it. But I feel like Major League Baseball All Star Game is still a game. I'm pretty sure you can gamble on the Major League Baseball All Star Game anyway, even if it is an exhibition. You can gamble on everything. You can gamble on that. You can gamble on the Home Run Derby. You definitely can can. gamble on all of it. Oh, the Home Run Derby for sure. People love. Right. He just may not like it. Yeah, he may not find it interesting. Well, no, he also, yeah, doesn't want to. I mean, those are hard to predict and go by and the odds necessarily. It may not be smart gambling if you're a big gambler. Mm. I like the All-Star breaks because they feel like vacations to me. (laughs) Well, there's that. (laughs) So the weekend in between Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl, to me, well, it's a lot of prep always for Super Bowl week, but to me it's, it's so nice not to have to be attached to the TV for the first time in six months on a Sunday afternoon. Though I admit I had it on TV in front of me, but I was working on other things on my laptop, so I wasn't really paying attention to it that much. And the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the only one I actually watch. So I enjoy those times. They're refreshing because you don't have to be attached to a game or an event as much. Yeah, but I mean, it's different for for you as opposed to other people because that's their... It's not work. It's their outlet. Well, it sounds like it's his livelihood. Right, but that's also, I would imagine, the outside stuff that he enjoys from work. That gets him away from the stuff that he does all day long, and it, it clears his mind. I'm not a big gambler, but I understand in the idea of if this is what you do to get away from life, to watch the game, I get it. If When you take that away, then, yeah, it is tough it's for the day. It's your lifeline. Well, I mean, there Take are your lifeline away. Well, th- look, there's a lot of times that I've been through this because I've done a lot of different jobs, man. When you're working, you know, a double shift or whatever it is, 10 hours, 12 hours, eight hours, whatever it is, and a job that you don't like and you don't enjoy and you go home, you just want to put the game on to get your mind away from everything else that you got going on. 
I get it if they take that away. I See, get that's it. Star Wars for me. Or crime dramas. I love, they're mindless. They Everyb- all follow the same formula, but Everybody's I got a different outlet yeah. for that. And we all have different things. So whatever it is, it's a game, it's a show, it's a movie, it's a book. Um, whatever it is, it's cooking dinner, it's, you know, whatever you do to get away from the grind of whatever's going on yeah. in your life, all the things that you have and the responsibilities, and it's different for all of us. I get it if somebody takes that away from you it's hard to recover however many days it is. Three. is three days for Michael. The worst well, it's, three it's days not, of this year. <laughs> I, it's, that's actually not true because it's not three either. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, they play Sunday. They don't come back until, like, Thursday or Friday. So it's actually more than. No, the All-Star game is a Tuesday. Tuesday. They, yeah. they do home run derby Monday. Right. All-Star game's Tuesday. Everybody's off Wednesday. Maybe there's, like, a game or two on Thursday. Most mm-hmm. teams come back Friday. Yeah. So it's basically the whole week if he doesn't like the All-Star game itself. So. <laughs> yes, but again, everybody's got different things. Everybody's got different outlets. Uh, I look forward to those those times when it's a little quieter, but I get it because sports is work for me now. So it's as much as I enjoy what I do for work, it's still work. And so people right. say to me all the time, like, hey, are, this weekend you're off or on your vacation you're off. Are you going to watch this or this? And I'm like, no. On my vacations, I do not watch sports. In fact, when I'm with my family, we do not watch sports. My mother's husband's the only other real sports fan in the family, and he'll he'll start to talk to me about the game, and I'll just wander away somewhere. I don't want to hear anything about the game and again, when I'm on vacation. That makes sense. But like I said, that's different. Everybody's outlet's a little bit different. Yes. It would be the concept of, you know, if you're working in a factory line and people talking about the factory, when you're home, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to fix so, toilets if right. you're a plumber that's on your what free I mean. time. So, like, yeah. there's all kinds of different things. Whatever it is that we do, we all have some sort of outlet that we need to have. And if you start talking about all the stuff that we've got, that we got to do 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day, yes. we don't want to hear it. Agreed. All right, coming up, we've got the introduction of Jonathan Gannon in the desert. Uh, what is his opinion on Kyler Murray? Trust me, it's vanilla. Uh, and also, what Hall of Famer is not giving Gannon a ringing endorsement. In fact, it's the opposite of a ringing endorsement. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. On Twitter, Radio. Our Facebook page, too. Always open, available for you. Thanks for hanging up. Or for hanging up. Thanks for hanging up on us. That's what we're going to say. I'm going to hang up on you. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Two receivers left. Shotgun set for Murray. Flank to his right by Connor. Snap to Kyler. Back to throw. Now backing up. Moving to his left. Going to tuck and run at the five. And Murray into the end zone. Touchdown. Again, Kyler Murray using his legs to escape the pocket. And the Cardinals retake the lead with 12 seconds to go in the first half. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, those were the days. It seems like forever since we've seen Kyler Murray on a football field. Maybe because it's been quite a while. And, man, this was a year to forget for Kyler, if not for the massive contract that he signed. Therein lies the highlight of the last 12 months for Kyler Murray. Not so much on the football field, but the fact that the team finally caved, gave him the contract extension that he wanted, and then... Look how it played out for the team. It, it didn't get them any closer to where they wanted to go. The friction between he and Cliff Kingsbury was evident. It was obvious, uh, potentially resulting in the franchise moving on from Kingsbury and the fact that they hadn't been able to really advance past 
making a playoff spot, right? But it seemed like three consecutive years, they, in the second half of the season, went so steadily downhill. They could not sustain any type of early success. Is that all on Kingsbury? No. Has their quarterback been injured a bunch? Yes. And then with the torn ACL, you definitely can't put that on Cliff Kingsbury, but it's clear that there was a disconnect and it was getting worse between the quarterback and the head coach. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Now the Cardinals have the new guy. They've got a new guy. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, formerly the D.C., the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, fresh off the Super Bowl. He was announced as the head coach right away as soon as the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl. And they're changing a lot there, right? The general manager, the new general manager, Monty Osenfort, uh, he was in charge of this coaching search, and he has a lot of very specific reasons for choosing Gannon. Ultimately, our process led us to Jonathan. Jonathan's energy, when he entered, entered our room, it was nonstop from the beginning. All the more impressive uh, coming off, off the Super Bowl just hours before he stepped into our room. Um, Jonathan's vision for our organization matched up well with the vision that we envision or that we envision for our for the Cardinals organization. His reputation as a leader, uh, his ability to connect to players, to staff, to the rest of his coaches, um, his ability to work with the personnel department and provide a vision for the type of players that we're going to go out and seek. Um, it was apparent that Jonathan shared a lot of the same values that I value and that Michael values. Look forward to working with the players. That was very appealing to me, some of the guys that we have on board right now. Not too many times do you take over a, a team and you have a franchise quarterback. So that was very appealing. And I'll head some of this stuff off right now as we talk before we get to questions and things like that. But just know this, we're going to be very adaptable. This is, I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive, and we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have, and that's how we're going to win games. And don't get it twisted. We're going to win games. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan Gannon making those comments in the last few days as he was introduced as the Cardinals head coach and is now working to put his staff together, has pulled one of the coaches from Philadelphia, a guy that he's worked with the last couple of seasons, Nick Rallis. He was the linebackers coach in Philly and will be the Cardinals D.C. and also pulling uh, the former Cleveland Browns quarterbacks coach Drew Petzing to be the team's offensive coordinator. So we're talking about a brand new brain trust here. Three guys who've never been in this position before, their respective positions before, but we'll have an opportunity to work with Kyler Murray, right? So you're not going to get Gannon to say anything negative, obviously, or even constructive criticism at this point about Kyler Murray. No, on NFL Now, it was all sunshine and roses about Murray. Just that he's a great dude and his skill set. And just having to defend him, I know what type of problem that he presents for defenses. So uh, we're going to look to maximize his skill sets and build the offense around him. All right. See what I mean? Vanilla. What wasn't vanilla? Brian Dawkins telling you why he would have hated playing under Jonathan Gannon in Philadelphia. All right, so we're talking about Brian Dawkins, one of the most beloved Philadelphia Eagles of all time. What he says carries a lot of weight. 
he accidentally more than once <laughs> calls Jonathan Gannon Rich Gannon, which which I'm sorry, it's it's funny because I do stupid stuff like that all the time when I get the wrong name in my head or I'm thinking about a different Gannon, blah, blah, blah. Brian played in a different era with Rich Gannon. So this Hall of Fame safety who was a four-time All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler. He was part of the All-2000s team for the Hall of Fame. As I say, beloved as an eagle, when he weighs in, people listen. And he is laying down the law when it comes to Jonathan Gannon, who's the brand-new head coach with the Cardinals. The only thing that I kept saying the whole year is that when your fastball is not working, you have to have a changeup. Mm-hmm. And you have to be used to throwing that changeup. You know, for us, we're going to blitz, right? We're going to disguise. We're going to move around. And so, it, you know, just like I know, you that how many times we walk through blitzes. We walk through specific angles. This is the trajectory. This is the angle excuse, you want to take. So as one offensive lineman can't block two, those type of mm-hmm. things. And so for a team that does not blitz, and when you ask them to blitz, it's a foreign subject to them. So that's why for me, and people were getting on me, well, they're getting sacks. Well, I love the sacks. Continue to get the sacks, but also mix in the blitz so that those guys know what to do when, pl- when plan A is not working and you have to go to plan B. Plan B happened this past, um, uh, past Sunday because you weren't winning your one-on-one battles. Why? Because the field was jacked up. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that neutralizes speed rushes, right? It's a sloppy field. That was a sloppy field. So you have to do other things. And Rich did not do a good job of adjusting to that, to getting away from his fastball, going to uh, change-ups or different blitz packages. And as for me, playing under, um, under this defensive coordinator, me personally, I would have hated it. Because none of the things that I was blessed to do, blitzing and all of those things, would have been added to this defense under uh, Rich Gannon. Okay, he did call him Rich, but we know who he's talking about. Uh, And he said it multiple times, and Hugh Douglas on uh, 94 WIP in Philadelphia didn't correct him, which I understand. I don't always step in. In in fact, I very rarely step in and correct my guests because I I don't want to be rude, number one. Number two, we all make mistakes, and I think we can figure out who it was that he was talking about. But, yeah, an interesting opinion and perspective from a Hall of Fame safety who essentially has indicated that, and we know this about the Eagles, right? They had a front four that were able to anchor the defense, get pressure on opposing O-lines, 10-plus sacks for four different guys. It's never happened before. It's history for the Eagles' defense. But the problem is when they weren't getting pressure in the Super Bowl, especially in that second half, they weren't able to get to a Patrick Mahomes who was on an ankle and a half. They weren't able to slow down the run. They were getting pushed around by the offensive line. So for that reason, the pass rush was almost non-existent. They had zero sacks. So you need to incorporate the blitz. There needs to be a plan B or a plan C or a plan D. And Doc is saying he took the blitzing out of the game plan. They didn't have a blitzing backup option or a, or a plan B to blitz. And so when they were getting negated in the trenches and when they were failing to get any type of a rush against that Chiefs offensive line, they really had nothing else to try. So that was a, an interesting perspective.
Would have hated playing under that guy. What a message that sends to the Arizona Cardinals defense. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.